grief can be lonely and isolating, especially for those experiencing pregnancy and infant loss. At times, it may even feel as if the sorrow might consume you. Welcome to the Birthies Loss Support Podcast. Join me, your host, Michelle Smith, as I hold a much-needed space for grief, remembrance, and the journey of healing through conversations with grief and trauma experts, the sharing of stories of loss and love, as well as guided meditations. Hello and welcome. I'm very grateful that you are here. This episode is airing the day after Thanksgiving, and I know that the holidays can be a difficult time of year for those of us that have experienced a loss. And so, as a reminder, Season 1, Episode 21, has tips for grief and loss during the holidays, and it also contains a guided meditation. But in this episode, I thought I would share more about grief and the different types of grief. So often when we experience pregnancy and infant loss, this is our first experience with grief and loss and death. And we already live in a very grief illiterate culture, which you've heard me say many times, and I'm quoting David Kessler in that. But we kind of go into this without any kind of roadmap. And unfortunately, because those around us often don't have much experience with grief or it's just kept very quiet, especially pregnancy and infant loss, it's shrouded in so much silence. We're left in this unknown terrain and we don't have much education and Again, that roadmap to help us to navigate is what I'm feeling normal. What is grief? Even though grief is a very organic experience in a way, our bodies know how to grieve, but those processes can get thwarted by, again, the lack of literacy in our culture around grief, around our own inexperience with it, and the lack of rituals and customs, especially in our religious beliefs. There aren't very many customs that honor the loss of a pregnancy, the loss of a baby. And so again, it kind of leaves us in this no man's land. And so again, I thought understanding the types of grief could be helpful because it helps to give that roadmap, and usually to understand that what you're feeling is normal. And so I want to start with a quote from Janet Jaffe, PhD, about disenfranchised grief. And she says, Still, for women who miscarry early, their grief is less socially acceptable than the anguish of someone who miscarries later in their pregnancy. With later losses, people have a funeral or memorial service. When it's an early miscarriage or even a failed IVF cycle, it's often unacknowledged by others. Yet, these are invisible losses that feel disenfranchised and not validated. Disenfranchised grief is any grief that is not usually openly acknowledged, socially accepted, or publicly mourned. The grief can be judged or minimized. 
Adam Angeal, who shares about fathers and grief in Season 1, Episode 12, says, This birth loss, perinatal loss, is really a disenfranchised grief. It's one that no one wants to talk about. Yeah. That it's very difficult for the other folks in the space to be there. There's no ritualization in general in the wider community. It feels hidden. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to burden others with it. Whereas many other losses are recognized and even celebrated in some cultures. This is one that doesn't feel that. It feels so hard for anyone to be present with you. Yeah. And I'm sure so many people that have experienced pregnancy loss have felt exactly what Adam shares. And ambiguous grief is grief that's hard to see. It occurs when someone feels uncertain about who or what has been lost or whether a loss has even occurred at all, such as with infertility. The losses that occur with IVF, families can bond with their babies All parents wanting and planning a pregnancy begin to bond with their baby, but with IVF, often they're shown pictures of their fertilized eggs, and this is your baby, and when that IVF procedure ends in miscarriage, that pain is so acute. And I know so many mothers have expressed that feeling of there's nothing tangible No one really knew I was pregnant except me and my partner. But this is a very significant loss to me. But is it appropriate to grieve and mourn it when it wasn't visible or tangible to others? Delayed grief is grief in which we don't feel in the moment because it's not safe or we are in survival mode. This can certainly happen when experiencing pregnancy loss and families are in shock and the person that gave birth needs time to heal postpartum and they may be rushed to return to work or they may have other children to care for. And so because the parents are just trying to survive what's in front of them, there isn't time to acknowledge and feel and work through that grief of the loss of their baby, of their pregnancy. Complicated grief occurs when painful emotions of loss don't improve with time and are so severe that someone has trouble resuming and or creating their life. Risk of complicated grief has been found to be especially high after termination for medical reasons. And I think in part this can be because there's so much shame and grief surrounding that decision to end the pregnancy when the baby won't survive or has a diagnosis which is the life-limiting condition. And there can be so much judgment placed upon them by others and even other bereaved families. It's a very difficult and unique grief that comes with pregnancy and infant loss. Collective and public grief is when we grieve as a group, an event, or a public figure. So this would apply to the recent death of Queen Elizabeth. Traumatic grief combines trauma with bereavement or grief responses. 
Miscarriage can be quite traumatic for some people, especially if they hemorrhage severely, for example, or if they are treated in a very dismissive or patronizing way in the ER. There's just so many circumstances where miscarriage, early pregnancy loss can be traumatic. And the loss of an infant through stillbirth or neonatal death most often qualifies the parents for a diagnosis of PTSD. And I want to note that fathers, baby's other parent, can also experience PTSD. According to Penny Simpkin, founding member of Patch, birth trauma includes physical injury, danger, or death to mother or baby, or the perception thereof by the mother or partner. It also includes feelings of extreme fear, aloneness, disrespect, lack of control, or helplessness. Masked grief is grief that is presenting in another way, and the resulting feeling is actually a response to grief. So for fathers, often that grief can show up as anger, which is one of the six stages of grief, but when it's prolonged, then it can be masked grief. Perhaps they're saying, I'm not sad, I'm not grieving, I'm just angry. Anticipatory grief is the grief that comes before a death, such as for parents whose baby in the womb has been diagnosed with a life-limiting condition. Cumulative grief occurs when someone experiences multiple losses during a short period and or unattended grief that builds up. Families that experience multiple miscarriages and IVF procedures that do not result in pregnancy often experience cumulative grief. Secondary losses are the other losses that accompany grief in addition to the primary emotional response to the death of a loved one. These are losses such as changes in relationships, school, work, family finances, and lifestyle. Secondary losses can be the loss of support systems, income, identity, dreams for the future, faith, confidence, and financial security. These losses are seldom formally acknowledged by supportive friends, family, and community members. Assessing and acknowledging these secondary losses can be healing for the bereaved. So I hope that this overview of the different types of grief can be helpful because again, I feel like there just isn't this roadmap for us in grief and often the feelings that bereaved people experienced can be dismissed by others and this is especially true when we're experiencing pregnancy and infant loss. And so my heart is with you during this holiday season and should you like support in your grief journey, please reach out to me. I would be honored to hold space for you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this episode helpful and it provided you some comfort or insights. For a list of bereavement resources or to connect with me for grief support, please visit my website, 
at birthyservices.com backslash loss-support. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Birthies Loss Support. If you would like to help to support me in this work to hold space for grieving families, one of the simplest and best ways is to please follow, rate, review, and share, and share again this podcast. And please be kind, compassionate, and patient with yourself as you walk this journey of grief, remembrance, and renewed hope. Remember, there is no right way to grieve the loss of your baby or your loved one.